Hello and welcome to Freedom Through Truth, a broadcast outreach of Ministries of Wayne Weaver, bringing the freedom of God through the truth of God's Word. Let's tune in to today's message. 400 years ago, that's what you would have said. And the church would have had tremendous struggle. Imagine us standing here today in this service and the subject and the question is, okay, they just gave Jesus a new name and it's a law. It's all going to be changed. It will not be called Yash or Jesus anymore. It'll be called Zenas. We would all have a tremendous problem. But because it happened 400 years ago and we were not aware of it, it become an accepted thing. Can God work through the name Jesus? Absolutely, I believe he can. My thing is just, is there a further way that God wants to lead us into a further perfection of awareness of what his name really is, since we are to worship and praise his name? Can I say that the name of Jesus is holy when I know that the word Yahshua was the name that Gabriel said to call him? It's those things that I start struggling with, and you will too as of this day. My thing is, what I saw in this is it takes some of that gladness away from me worshiping God, because I'm aware of this picture. I'm aware that this is what Rome says is the God, the pagans, the mythology, which Rome, the Greek mythology, which combined, this is their religious wing of who they were on the right, that's who they worship. They feel that that's the one that has helped me. He was also the one that was the Olympic God. They look to him. I've actually literally been in the temple of where Zeus was. I've seen it over in Jordan. And then they bring out a picture of Jesus that comes from Roman descent as well. And they make the two look so close together. And I think in most people, if I would have just displayed the left one up here and asked the little children, who do, you, who do you say that is? They probably would have all said Jesus. Somehow, let's not, let's not forget we're living in deceptive times. And if God makes us aware of something, let's be responsible for it. I am not asking you all nothing, not at all, to walk away from the word Jesus and not use it. It's hard. Been raised that way. That's all I've ever known is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And Yeshua, to say Yeshua was a little bit, I have to explain what I mean. But perhaps, perhaps it is a name that he wants to be known by because Gabriel announced it that way. I would just like to make, give, give you an awareness. Consider. Consider this church 500 years ago. If it would have gone through that change, what kind of a turmoil it would have brought to our own hearts. But now that we've been removed and have accepted some of the things as well as Easter and Christmas and some of those things as well, those are words that have been introduced from the Roman Empire to change the feasts, which I don't believe we need to have any feasts anymore. Our feasts that are at the table of God. I believe Thanksgiving would be a great one, though, if you want to celebrate. But as far as the other feasts and festivals, we're not, that's not included in our picture. God is not requiring that. But he's requiring us to be in that festivity all the time in a relationship with him. Give us some thought what I'm saying today. Why did I bring this up? Sing unto God, sing praises to his name, extol him that rides upon the heavens by his name, Yah. And that's exactly what they say Zeus is. 
They say Zeus, if you look at it, Zeus was the one that rode in the heavens. He is the highest of all gods. Everything originated from him. Rejoice before him. And it's interesting that they take the word Yah out of all this. And if you're comfortable, use the word hallelujah. I think at the end we need to, sometime yet today, say hallelujah. Because that's what it means. Praise to our God, the maker, the real God, Yah. So God requested us to worship and praise his name, Yah. And we have that in that. I want to come to a close here real soon. Let's have a song or two at the end yet. So if some of you want to come up here. <coughs> Excuse me. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 39. For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth till ye, till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We bless the people that translate our Bible, but they left the name of the Lord out of here. They just put name of the Lord on. What is his name? Yah. John 12, verse 13, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. What is the name of the Lord? They left the name out. His name is Yahshua. John 5, 43, I am come to my father's, I'm come in my father's name. What is the father's name? Yah. Doesn't say what it is. Yes, it does. They left it out. And you shall receive me not. If any, if another shall come in his own name, him will you receive. Wow. I am come in my father's name, Yah. And ye receive me not, he's saying. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. Do you see the picture? Jesus said, I am come in my father's name. And you say no to it. But if another one comes in his own name, you're going to receive him. You can take the picture down if you want to. It's just interesting. We're living in the days, and, and I know, brothers and sisters, we can get carried away with focusing on this stuff, and I will not do that, to where we just try to uncover all these little devils that are hidden out there. That's not the purpose. But if God can lead us to some truth that will set us further free, that he receives more glory, then let's consider Isaiah 51, Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. And everlasting joy shall be upon their head, and they shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow, and mourning shall flee away. There's a joy that comes from knowing God. And this joy that comes from knowing God, and then we can hopple ourselves in by calling, well, which one are you talking about? I know which one I'm talking about, Almighty God, or Yahweh. Elohim, Adonai. In my private prayer, this is how I always pray. I always start out and give him the names that I know. I don't know them all, but I know a list of them. And I always address him. And I say, I come to you in the name of Yeshua, which is your son. And then I address him. You are, and we could also say this, you are my supplier. 
You're the one that blesses me with healing. You're the one that gives me strength. You're the one, but there's a name for it also. I just use the name. I believe he's glorified by that. And I think you might differ with me. You might say that God is not that technical. Well, maybe he is not, but he wants to be worshiped and praised by his own name, who he is. If I come to, and if you look at ancient history, if you come in the days, I, I travel in Egypt, and we've seen something that opened my eyes more than anything I've ever traveled with anywhere else in the world, where I saw how they built these, these big temples for certain gods, because that when they had a certain god that they had a need in in their own life, they would go to that god for that need. In other words, the one that had the medicine god, and I forget the name of it, but we were in it, and we saw it, and we saw the, the inscriptions and everything on the walls. And if they had a medical need, they'd go into that temple, because it was that God that they would address. This was the way it used to be. If they have a need of rain, they'd go to the rain God, which um, Zeus was also known for that. So they'd go and put a sacrifice on his altar. And I think sometimes for us to just say, God, um, we need this or we need that. We need to address him as the God that is, takes care of that need. You are, I'm turning to you because you are the one that takes care of my needs. So to the one that takes care of my need, God, I address you as, and I'm not sure, I think it's Nisai. I'm probably wrong in that, but there's, there's numerous ones of those are Adonai. I come to you, God Adonai, because I have a necessity concerning this. And when I confess that you are God Adonai, I'm confessing that that's who you are. And in Jesus, your son, it's all in that. You have brought that provision through Jesus Christ, but I still address you as the God that can take care of that through your son. It's an honoring way of worship. I believe it's important. I do, and uh, you might feel different. That's fine. I'm not trying to persuade you different. But somehow, God wants to walk in gladness and in praise and in true worship before him. He desires that. He wants that radiance to come out of us. There is joy that comes from knowing God. It releases strength to the spiritual man. And gladness, Somebody, when, when you're around somebody that has a glad heart, it affects you. When you are around with somebody that has a sad heart, it affects you. You walk away, and now you're kind of sad. There are certain people that I avoid. To be honest with you, I avoid them because I always walk away feeling in the dumps because that's where they take you. That's because they don't live in the palaces of ivory. They live in a dump of debauchery and sin and all this type of stuff, and it reflects out of them. Gladness emits goodness and clarity and honesty. And this is all part of holiness. Why does God desire us to exhibit gladness? It is a key ingredient in holiness and, and sanctification and purity. It is the place where the Holy Spirit is. This is what the Holy Spirit brings in our lives. He allows the joy to overflow us. And when it overflows, it goes out. And we sense it among people. It is the spiritual society where fellowship prevails one with another in love. It's the place where we associate with each other. When we're at odds with each other, it becomes complicated. And that's what we leave. 
with the one that bumps against us. But when we are glad, we have gladness of our heart. Serving God in gladness of salvation. You look at all the things that can go wrong to a person and has maybe gone wrong with you and my life. And it's like, I have every reason to be sad and sorrowful and be upset and, and grumble and complain. No, when you look at what Jesus has done in your life and that he's removed every curse that has been due to you and every punishment that was due to you, there's only one thing that I can do and that is be glad. So when I'm glad, it's an expression of faith. It's an expression of trust. It's part of sanctification. It's part of purity. It's part of salvation. So this is how we relate. And when we see that amongst people, that it affects people that way, certainly God sees it and the heavenly see it. How many of you have ever been on a train ride? Many of you. You know where trains go? They typically go where they don't mind in cities. They go through slum areas often because they make a lot of noise. And nobody really welcomes a train in their backyard because they go any time of the day and night and they can wake you up. They're in the slum areas. Do you also know other things that you often find in slum areas? When you walk through slum areas in the nighttime, you know, you don't feel safe. It's often not lit so well. And it's where the thieves are. It's where the people live that just basically try to contain themselves. It's often kind of the people that live very low in the gutters of sin. While I was in Phoenix, Arizona, and I used to live out there, in the time when I hit the depths and the scum of my life, I spent my time a lot out there in the lowest part of Phoenix, Arizona, because every sin was available there. It was in those places that... Thank you for listening to today's program. We hope you were blessed. This program is made possible by the generous donations of our listeners. Check out our website and get our weekly word e-letter by signing up at www.ministriesofwayneweaver.com. Until next time, God bless.